It is a nice sunny day here in the Pacific Northwest. I am hearing all the like, I'm just seeing all the lights and colors of summer as well as hearing some inklings of summer even though, you know, it's just at the end of April. There's like a lawnmower off in the distance and I just ran my dogs around in a grassy area nearby so my labradoodle is panting and it's so sweet. Um, which, oh, that reminds me, I was going to do maybe little tidbit segments here and there of things that occurred to me with being a dog mom and whatnot. I feel like the world would be a much better place if everyone owned a dog and took being a dog parent very seriously because I actually learned a lot myself. First, it gives you sort of a sneak peek of what you might be like as a parent because dogs really test your patience and they never they never grow up and so they're kind of like a lifelong toddler you have to look after but they also teach you structure and what a living creature needs to thrive in this life and dogs need a lot of structure they need consistency they need to know what to expect and so in this world where we're always shitting on consistency and being bored and stodgy and stubborn those are all like really negative connotation words that get you know put on especially like from astrological terms those get put on earth signs all the time and I'm a Taurus learning to embody my Taurusness because I have a lot of other things in my chart that kind of work against my very Taurian nature Um, I have a lot of like Uranus and um, sort of these air influences, but I like this journey so far. I mean, it's been uncomfortable, but just embracing that I am very earthy. I do like earthly pleasures. I like stopping and smelling the roses. I like lounging around the house and changing into PJs almost immediately as soon as I walk in the door at any given point in time. Um, I just don't like wearing stuffy structured clothes and things like that, but I do like structure in my life. Saturn is a pretty big theme in my astrological chart. And so that sort of structure I can get down with because actually within structure offers Um, affords a lot of creativity. I mean, a lot of design is creativity within parameters. You are set out to achieve a goal of some sort, and it's incredible how much you can do with a couple parameters and a goal and just letting the mind roam around. People can come up with amazing ideas. So, yeah, anyway... Dogs are adorable. I didn't think I would want a living creature that loved me unconditionally. I thought maybe, you know, that was a little egocentric for people to want that. But I guess that's kind of a reflection of where we're lacking, right? I mean, unconditional love, does anyone even know what that is or how to give it or how to receive it? That's something I'm learning in this lifetime. I have Pisces North Node, and so... That means that in this lifetime, I'm focused on achieving the highest expressions of Pisces. And to me, that means compassion, like unending compassion, 
maybe unconditional love, but at least unconditional compassion and spirituality and artistry, just kind of like going with the flow of and having faith and believing that the universe is here to encompass all of us, you know, equally and hold space for all of us. So I guess it's sort of embodying this idea of pronoia that the universe is always working towards you or for you. Okay, I've totally gotten off track. Dogs. I thought of something the other day. I was getting up and um, I was literally, literally just trying to go downstairs and grab something on my purse, which is at the base of the stairs. And my puppy Jada just jumps up and starts following me down. And I wanted to, like in my human brain, I'm like, dog, don't you know, I'm just going downstairs and grabbing something real quick. And I don't know how to communicate to you that this is really inefficient, that you're just jumping up and following me, you know, like into whatever room I'm going into constantly. But the other side of that is like, it's freaking adorable that this dog loves you so much that they don't care about efficiency or non, you know, inefficiency, whatever. They just want to follow you in whatever room and be near you. It's, it's very endearing. So that was my doggy tidbit. But I kind of came on here to talk about ADHD some more. I have uh, an ADHD appointment tomorrow with my counselor. And I'm super excited because we made some breakthroughs the last time I saw her. She just kind of like blew my mind with some of the things she was telling me. And I shared it with my husband and also blew his mind a bit. Um because I have this combined type ADHD and so does my husband. And so I was telling my counselor just like how hard it was to balance both mine and manage his ADHD. And it seemed like he just had all this energy. And like for me, I'm constantly strategizing how to do stuff to the point where I almost don't do enough things that I want to. It's almost like I'm just so caught up in my head. And then Anytime you take away something or introduce a new thing, it's like I just, it takes so much mental energy to to push that in there and I kind of, it triggers me, I freak out. And so I said, you know, maybe, I, but my husband can do all these things really inefficiently. It's like he has all this energy and he doesn't, he doesn't need to strategize because he ha- seems to have like a lot more energy than I do to do things. Um, but what she said was really validating and it also reflects in some of the, the aspects of both me and my husband's natal chart that I had been studying, but I didn't, didn't quite put like the cause and effect pieces together. Um, I have three planets in my third house, which is the house of, of mentality and those planets are in, in Taurus. And so it's like a very stubborn fixed sort of energy and um, I had my astrologer tell me that that means that I put a lot of mental energy into things but I still didn't connect it to this thing that she told me which is that I just assumed I just don't really have energy there's not a lot of fire in my natal chart so that equals like that I don't have much energy and I'm also if anyone knows what human design is I'm a projector which supposedly means that 
I don't have, I don't, wasn't born into this universe with my own energy to like block, um, me reading other people's energies and things like that. So I just kind of was buying into this ridiculous narrative that I just don't have much energy. And the counselor, the counselor was saying, well, she's like, so some people, they can just do things like they'll just something will occur to them. They'll just do it. They'll go right into doing. And she's like, so you see how, yeah, they're doing the thing, but they're putting very little to no mental energy. And she said, but for you, you put so much mental energy before doing the thing that you're actually already tired by the time you're doing that thing. You've already expended energy. It's not physical energy, but it's mental energy. And so that's where you guys differ. So that felt really validating. It's not the fact that I have just less energy, although I do still believe that to a certain level. Like Ronald just has endless energy, it feels like. But um, but it was validating. Like, no, I actually have a lot of energy. I just channel it very mentally. And those things are also validated within my natal chart. I mean, like I said, my astrologer said that I put a lot of mental energy into everything but I for some reason I didn't think like oh and therefore maybe I just have less energy on the physical plane it's not that I have less energy overall so that was extremely validating and also makes me feel like yes I do have a lot of energy I just spend it and focus it in other areas so you know I don't have to beat myself up that I'm not do do doing and and I don't think I'm overthinking either I think that people who think a lot maybe don't fit into this crazy do 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 model that we have in this western society but they have they're invaluable invaluable elsewhere you can't have all in all of a thing in in on one end of the spectrum that completely imbalances everything. So that was cool. Um oh, and also it really helped she was starting to strategize with me, you know, what my day-to-day would look like now that I'm not working at the tax firm for tax season. And just kind of playing around with what visually makes sense to me. Because I've tried using a Google Calendar before. But I kind of hate that when I'm time blocking, I just see these big, you know, blue or whatever colored chunks of my time just getting eaten up on my calendar. It's almost like I resent doing anything as soon as it's put on the schedule concretely. And my counselor was saying that, There are people that do that. That's just how their brain works and we just have to work with it. It was just, it was awesome. It was awesome that like no matter what blockers I felt, she had seen it before and she also had some suggestions of how to work with it. It was, it was just never like, I didn't, I just didn't have to beat myself up in this woman's company and I really appreciated that. And so we, um, decided on how I might use my physical planner. I brought this Paketo, P-O-K-E-T-O planner that I bought online. Um, and she was essentially like, if it doesn't, if the thing is not written in your physical calendar, it doesn't exist. 
And so I've been really good about bringing it almost everywhere with me and writing in some things, um, or not some things, everything, anything from lunch with this boss to lunch with that boss to like a call with a candidate or creative time. And it's worked out really well so far. I, I love it. I love that I can have something to physically reference. I have like things that I'm writing on like a monthly overview and even like a yearly overview because I have some trips coming up and so I really need to I'm one of those people that can never keep track of the dates that I'm gone or what time and so having a place where I've actually written it down and I can reference this one place is amazing um but yeah I kind of wanted to talk about and also I mean, I don't think anyone's listening to this at this point, but it would be great if people did start listening to it, whether it's the date I'm actually releasing this podcast or um, down the line, because this is always going to be a tug and pull for me. But with social media, so because I was in the thick of tax season and I was also taking a couple evening art classes, there was no way I was going to have time to spend on this stupid endless scroll of newsfeed from Facebook and Instagram and I already knew I was wasting so much time on there and energy but I deleted both those apps off my phone I deactivated my Facebook I deleted Instagram and I have never felt more present in my life the last couple months it's been extraordinary and so I tried logging back on because I was like, okay, I told everyone I was going to be gone until after tax season. So let me try this out. What does it feel like to log on to Facebook and log on to Instagram? And what it felt like was I was missing absolutely nothing. And I was just like getting very, I was very unhappy even like logging in and trying to figure out my notifications and what notifications matter to me and like what messages matter to me and I don't know so pretty much I logged out of Facebook and Instagram like I did a couple things and then I said sorry guys I'm actually not ready to come back I'm not ready to come back to this world of neck aches and picking a stupid filter for my picture that everyone's just kind of gonna like out of boredom and obligation anyway. Ugh, I don't know. What do you guys think of social media? How can I use it in a way that's actually fulfilling in my life? Um, there's one social media I've been using and it's called Marco Polo and I've only been using it with two friends. It's actually the two women I've spoke about in my last podcast talking about the women educators who I talk, I completely geek out about astrology with. I really love that, that I have this like video that I can see their faces and see their environments. And I also love that I can hear their voices. That's the best part. I freaking hate text. I've never liked it. I only jumped on the bandwagon because literally everyone and their mom was. And now, like, especially after going into sales for the first time in my life back in 2015, I had to get used to talking on the phone again. And I had to get used to the idea that there were still people that did that. Like, I I thought, what? We cold call people? Is that even a 
thing anymore. Like, who picks up their phone at all? But turns out people do, and now it's 2019, and I feel like more and more people actually do see the value of, of talking on the phone. When I have friends that want to exclusively, you know, talk about their lives but only through text or email, I just... I feel so disconnected. It's like there's just something in my brain that doesn't quite connect at all. And it feels so disparate. I don't know. Like like if someone were to tell me that they just had a baby and they just like emailed me about it. And then they also emailed me like, oh, I picked out a, a different, I bought three plants or or like that they lost their job, all those pieces of information because they're just texting me or emailing me, it just feels like they carry the same weight. I don't I don't actually place differentiating levels of emotion to what they're saying. But if someone like told me in person or I heard it in their voice, I feel like it would just stick more. And there's some scientific research out there that actually supports that. There was some um experiment done where this these two groups of college students uh were they were these two groups were given the same test it was some sort of numbers like mildly complicated test it wasn't like just the easy breezy multiple choice this that or the other there was actually some math and logic problems involved so it was somewhat stressful and so these two groups took the same test and then afterwards one group was allowed to call their family or friends or whomever and the other group was just allowed to text them and they noticed that there was a huge market like there was a markedly large difference of the people that were able to hear the voices of their friends and family they their cortisol levels dropped drastically at least in comparison to the people that texted who if they if their cortisol levels dropped at all it almost went right back up or like their cortisol levels didn't drop at all. So there is something to hearing the human voice and maybe that's partly why podcasting is picking back up. I mean, for me, it was nice to have sort of the audio processing option on top of looking at spreadsheets and things like that. Like I like listening to podcasts while I'm working and if I'm doing like more data-driven stuff, stuff that's less complicated and I don't have to use too much brain power then the audio processing of podcasting is really nice for me and that's also part of my ADHD I'm like the type of ADHD person who loves studying in like a bustling cafe and can't for the life of her concentrate when it's dead quiet in a library like that's never been me I like studying with the tv on and things like that it's kind of crazy um but yeah, I mean, on top of that, though, it's just nice listening to to human voice. Like, listening to Jessica Lenyato on her podcast would be nothing like just purely reading her blog posts. I mean, in, in essence, you're assuming people's voices and you can't quite hear them. And that's why there's a lot of miscommunication with text because you can't hear the inflection of people's voices and you can't hear how they meant it really, truly. And yeah, same with... And orderly um i i just love hearing her voice she's she has like sass and 
both her and Jessica have so much sass to their voice, but also tons of compassion. You can tell that they really care about people and they're putting all their astrology wisdom and knowledge out there for, for the good of humanity. So yeah, um, I mean, maybe I, I'll record a snippet tomorrow as well. I have another appointment with my ADHD counselor. I think I mentioned that earlier. So maybe today isn't the best time to release this because there's probably even more information I can share from my session tomorrow. So maybe I'll do that. We'll see. Um, it kind of depends on how long this is running, actually. Let me look at it. Oh, wow. I've already been rambling for 20 minutes. Well, maybe I'll put this out there and then, um, yeah. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to me ramble. That was kind of about ADHD. It was kind of a mishmash of everything. Maybe it kind of took you on a journey of what my brain is like. And maybe you don't envy that you don't have my brain. (laughs) All right. Well, have a good week, everyone. It's supposed to be sort of intense. So, you know, again, just don't take anything personally. We're living in intense times and it's going to be kind of intense for a while. So take care. I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode. Here's a little outro music to play you out. If you enjoyed this, please keep listening and maybe subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to me on. And I'll see you in the next episode. Mm